what I believe is that if I limit myself to one party or to one ideology, I'm really limiting myself to excel and succeed in my family life. The more close, good, strong connections I have with my community, the stronger I will be and the stronger my community will be. We at the Collective Perspective Podcast have set out on a mission to understand some of the most impactful and controversial trends and topics in our lives today. Hi, I'm Jeff. I'm Travis. I'm DJ. Can we find common ground in the middle in a peaceful manner? Not for political gain. But for real community benefit. We believe so. As veterans and concerned citizens, we are bringing together diverse views and fact-based research to navigate this tough terrain in search of a viable path forward. Only time will tell, but if we listen with open minds and try to understand each other, we just may find a solution. Or two, collectively. That is why we care about what you have to say. If something piques your interest or ruffles your feathers or tickles your fancy or whatever else you'd like, leave us an audio message at podinbox.com backslash collective perspective podcast, all one word, or directly on our show page at mtsjax.fm backslash collective perspective podcast. You'll have to log in, but that won't cost much more than your time. We'll be discussing your messages on the show, whether you give us a high five or say, hey, you better do some fact checking, fool. As long as it's positive and it's your perspective, we'll possibly give you some airtime. But remember, it needs to be family-friendly and not defamatory in nature. Hey, everybody. This is Collective Perspective Podcast, and we're here in sunny Jacksonville, Florida, talking with you collectively from the Main Street Suite at Mixed Theory Studios. Collectively. So when we're talking about tribalism in the last episode, we, we went over the difference between a community and a network and that a network is kind of single issue and right. uh, more spread out. And unfortunately, in the synapses of things, if you're part of a network and that's the only social life you have or the involvement you have with other humans, maybe it just be work related and you sit at home and you talk to other people that are online that you don't even know who they are. So you're just, you know, playing video games. I'm not. Am I talking about anyone? No. You, you don't know what those people are like. And, you know, it's kind of like we want to be in person instead of being together in this group because if we were to do Zoom calls, it would just, it's just not, you don't get that personal involvement. But being part of a community feels great, even if it's just a, a small community like your neighborhood or maybe you have a big family or maybe you have a good core of friends a multitude of different things. You're a member of church and, you know, there's a sense of community there. Church is definitely a good thing when it comes to community. You could also be part of, you know, I used to make fun of our friend Eric. A good friend of ours. We've known him for like 25 years. This is, this is actually really time. good. And actually, I, Jeff, I used you've to th- known him longer than me, haven't you? I think I've known him 25 and you 23. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Maybe something like that. Eric is our homie. Uh, he lives in San Diego. San Dog? San Dog. Uh, he is part of a, a group of guys, and I always used to make fun of it. I didn't understand it. And you know what, man? What is the name of it? Uh, the Clampers. The East, Clampers, right. ECV, I think. Uh, I owe EV, all of those EVC. guys an apology. I think it's Ugly Mother Effer, something mm. like that. Isn't uh, that he, what that means? I, I, I have no idea what I it means. I think it does. Anyway, man. I wasn't like talking total trash to him, but I just didn't understand the concept of like, 
why do you need to go do that? What is the purpose of all this? Until my perspective changed, uh, researching about talking about the topic of tribalism, did I realize that he's in a community, man. These guys take care of each other. They look out for each other. I actually remember now that I was there that my wife, my girlfriend at the time, we took a trip to San Diego and we went and stayed in tents on the beach in Mexico when you could do all that stuff. And he just called his friends and they brought him over the tents. And that, I mean, man, I'm kind of jealous that I'm not part of that community now. And they may seem like they're obscene and they're like maybe a little rough on the society side, but you know what, man, they all love each other and respect each other and have more of community than most people do and just get stuck on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram and live their whole life in social media. Um, no, I, I agree with you there. I, I think that me and him follow each other on, on socials as well. And I see what his friends posts on there. And now don't get me wrong. There's a difference between morals and mores, the mores of the group. They share the same ideas and beliefs when it comes to life in general. And they want to do good and they do try to help other communities out when they can. And to getting to your point, now, our friend was in a very horrible motorcycle crash right before Christmas a couple years ago, and this is where the community really rallied behind him, and they give him strength daily, and he was told he would never walk again. And that dude's walking. He's not only walking, he's out, he's hitting the pool every day, he's right. doing this, he he He's has made he has made such a an inspirational recovery from. He wouldn't this be there without his community. But to have that family there, to have that support group, that community, that they would come see him in the hospital. They'd bring him like snacks because the hospital food was always so great, <laughs> and that moral support for him. Come on, you got this. And he is truly an inspiration on recovery. And as Jeff just said, he opened his eyes as to, wow, that, that is a community. I'm kind of jealous of that. And I, I am too. Uh, to see that he has that group around him, it's not his immediate And, and Eric is just a lovable, likable guy. Like He is introvert maximum. <laughs> he, I mean, he can Ext- talk to extrovert. anyone. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Extrovert. Uh, yeah, he's larger you know, than life, and what a what a great guy. He he lights up a room when he comes in. Like he just, it's just Eric, and you always have a good time when you're with Eric, and it just comes natural. He's just a great guy. But anyway, that was a community that I didn't understand until now, and that's the great thing about this podcast, and what we hope you guys get out of it too is that it just changes your perspective because somebody else is talking about it. And nobody's stopping me at this point in time in talking about it. As long as I stay away from medicine (laughs) that you might have to take. I mean, we did talk about vaccinations. Hey, look, I'm not a professional to tell you whether you should wear your mask or not. But if you feel you should, do it. What's wrong with that? What I find is that these certain little topics kind of fall into a tribalistic roulette wheel, you know, if you would, like... We were talking about the vaccination and, and if Trump had won, how the vaccination would be different. Not to bring it up, but kneeling at the football game, they kind of made it one side or the other. You know, what political tribe are you in? It doesn't even seem like it, man. It is for real. And this isn't a conspiracy theory at all. 
And I don't even think it's the media. He that said it, not me. The media turns us against each other. Definitely. They've been trying to do it for the longest time. And it's all about ratings, and some people prosper on those ratings. And you know yeah. what? The news fell apart when Donald Trump got kicked off of Twitter, and then they went on a panty raid. Is that okay to say? <laughs> Who went on a panty raid? I don't know. An uh, undergarment raid. <laughs> Is that only in, like, uh, Pretty in Pink where they have panty raids? No, that was Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, that was Revenge of the Nerds. Animal House. Anyway, the um, media has been pushing people against each other. We talked about it in the first episode, about a little bit about it, but Russian troll farms, they're set out to hit certain demographics. They may say one thing about a topic to one set of people and then another. It's kind of like how your iPhone and Facebook shows up on, you know, hey, man, I can use some new jock shorts. And, and jock or shorts pops up on the timeline. What was the Mockingbird thing you were telling me about? I mean, it goes back to that, man. It goes back to Operation Mockingbird. I think in the 80s, they said that they are no longer funding it, but they never said they stopped Operation Mockingbird, where they have CIA infiltrates or people that used to work for the CIA are now in media, and they control the narrative. What narrative do they control? Who knows? It's the CIA. We don't know anything about them. It could be. I won't even speculate on that because then we're that. That's a whole other rabbit hole. But is it the government that's telling them, "Hey, push this story over this story"? And I, I think that that happens for real. And the leaks that come out of high position government offices, who tells them this is the one you go with, not this one? I don't know, but I I think that you're right though. The media does push the divide, whether the president, CEO, or whoever knows about it or not, it's something that's getting pushed somewhere, and it's all by design. Well, and they use Trump a lot. They use Trump to create that divide because anything they, you know, they were able to create, oh, well, if Trump says it, then his supporters support him. If the people that don't, then they don't, and they politicize that man. I mean, I think he had a lot. They he did. played a lot of it, too. They did, but I think that if you were to look at a lot of his messaging without the edits, like the full context of what he's saying, a lot of what he said, this may be my bias on it, it could be America first. He wanted to make it easier for products to be made in America. He wanted it. Oh, I agree with that. He wanted to make it easier. He wanted to increase the production capacity in America, brought jobs back from those other places because it was no longer financially viable for them with the tariffs. The money did go to the farmers at the time. We were a net energy exporter at the time when he was in office, and we were seeing the fruits of that with lower fuel costs. I think right now we're at a seven-year record high, and it's the highest it's been in seven years. And how did that happen? Well, on day one a year ago, they closed the energy pipelines. But they, the media, don't show it in that light. They say that, oh, the closing of the 
pipeline, which one was it? The the XL pipeline was good because it was going to damage the environment. Not really. There have been more oil spills from cargo tankers coming from other countries than there have been of pipeline bursting in the middle of nowhere. And to ship it overseas costs a hell of a lot more than it does to pipe it through massive pipes from Alaska or wherever they're getting it from back into the country up around, I think is in the Dakotas from Canada is where that pipeline came through, but that's closed down. But Nord Stream 2 is a Russian pipeline. So now Russia is becoming more energy independent than we are. And this is within one year. And the media is not showing that. The media is, is closing down one side of it. And anything that Trump did, bad, bad, bad. Anything that Biden does, good, good, good. I mean, that's, that's all we see. And that's, that's the media. That's the legacy media, the main mainstream. And you're not going to find any alternative views. You really have to search out those other views from other websites. And who knows where you're going to end up. You could end up on some of the darkest, like, conspiracy theory site. And you'll be like, well, kind of? No. Some stuff will freak you out. And it's like, whoa, that's not right either. Where do you find Where do you find that balanced information from i think direct tv just recently canned oan news they got rid of it off their website and they are conservative news base but again we gotta we gotta humble ourselves and say all right let me see what they're saying and see if it makes sense i know that one i don't know everything but also i don't necessarily believe one side or the other it's funny man because it kind of comes down to like i I almost feel like I believe Bill Maher or, you know, someone that's not prompted to say something or Joe Rogan and maybe not all his guests, but like that there's some truth there because it's not, it's not censored. It's not on a time limit. It's not uh, driven by any outside source other than its own. Other than the, the speakers. The content itself. In that moment, the guests and when they're when they're live and you know in front of the camera, that it's an authentic moment, it's authenticity. And I think people speak from like deep down and from a personal place of perspective. So yeah, as far as media driving it, they are driving it. Who's behind it? What what's the bigger play here? God, we could probably say social media and the Russian corporations. Front. Yeah, or <clears throat> maybe Russia doesn't want somebody elected. But, hey, you know, it's funny. I just wanted to ask you guys, you know, we're talking about media and, and separating us and, and tribes. How many people did you unfriend in the last two years? I don't think I did a lot of unfriending people on social media. I think I did a lot of ending friendships with quite a bit of people, like some that I was like close with for a long time. And, you know, people that, that have came around like recently. I think 2021, I got rid of, like, a lot of relationships that I thought that would last a very, very long time from time to come. Well, now, was that because of different viewpoints? No, not about viewpoints. It was just... Time to move on? Yeah, like morals, principles, you know, that committing because, treason against the tribe. 
was that um, because they they were more vocal and you saw it more during that time, or you were more vocal? Uh, more deceit. Deceit. Yeah. Is is this that public versus private person? Yeah, like a, a little bit of that, but just you know, sometimes people would do stuff hoping that it doesn't come to the light. You know, stuff like that. But I don't think somebody's viewpoints would really just too much draw me away from them unless it's something like very, very, very drastic or serious. But if they have a different political view, religious view, yeah, I'm not, I don't, we won't, I don't foresee us like falling out really unless it gets to like very disrespectful towards one another because of the other views or it's something that they support that's actually something that's not good, like, in all its entirety in general. Like, I can see that. Yeah. I, I can see that some people will, their views will start to come to light, and it's like, all right, this is a make-or-break moment right here, and right now it's breaking. Personally, I didn't clean anybody up. I put up what I put up, and yeah. if I don't even think many people unfriended me because I put up some controversial stuff, but a lot of what I put up was research-based. Yeah, and I'd throw up some memes, and sometimes I'd get called out on a meme. Hey, where'd you get that? Well, I got it from here. And they want to fact-check you? Well, well, and this this is uh, one guy. He, he fact-checked me, and, and he called me out, and I was like, hey, you know what? You're right. That's from this time. I apologize. And that that was great. I loved it. But I, I don't delete comments. I don't delete posts. Yeah. I leave them there because maybe I can revisit it and learn from it later. But at the time when I posted it, sometimes it's meant in jest to be funny. Yeah. But sometimes it's meant to, hey, think about this. Why isn't this being reported on? Why isn't this being reported on? And I'm linking to a PubMed issue or a PubMed is a published medical journals. It's a repository where a lot of research goes in the medical field and PubMed is one of the biggest ones there is and and I love putting those articles up there and saying all right what's wrong with it where's the bias in it or why isn't someone talking about this but they're only talking about what this one doctor is saying but yeah I, I, I haven't lost anybody over the last couple of years on this man I feel like a horrible person I think a lot of it is you got <clears throat> caught up in the networking, social networking. I can admit that I'm guilty of uh, deleting people off there that had different views or if they were family, I just unfollowed them or put them snooze for 30 days. <laughs> but then, you know, anytime you tried to put any type of comments in there or have some type of civil debate, which is what I always tried to aim for the most part, sometimes I, I guess I was, I was looking for a fight. I've seen a few on somebody's uh, post. Yeah. <laughs> and some of them were just like, you know, they just would just put me in such a bad mood and, and kind of I would just fall into that whole media trap of they're just trying to get each other to hate each other, that if you think this way, you're a Nazi. If you think this way, you're this. And, and then for anybody to have the expectation that everybody should follow what you think and just you that kind of blows my mind yeah. because it isn't just you that exists on this planet and this earth 
planet Earth. <laughs> I, I think a lot goes to how people react to certain comments or certain images or certain posts. There are people that can get triggered by those things, and that's not a negative thing. Sometimes it's the purpose of the post. But didn't they get caught for a bunch of lying? And some of them are just like, they're just not the truth. Or it'd be like one picture and then one person would get something and another person would get something. Like there was definitely some meddling going on by the Russians. And we know like even these days, like it isn't really necessarily about sending out jets or even missiles at this point. It's more of a internet attack. We are constantly under attack on that level from other countries and it has been known and and noted that facebook was full of russian trolls just people with fake accounts and targeting the mass populations to to hate each other almost on script you know just like social media or the news outlets i always uh, try to get both angles or in multiple different angles Uh, i'll admit that i am someone that often reacts off of emotion and then I regret it, but I'm not one to not say that I, I, I am wrong, that I can admit that I'm wrong. You're human. We are human. I think with me, I have seen posts, you know, during election time, after election time, and recently, like, friends that are on my timeline, they may have a viewpoint that I don't agree with or say something you know, that I don't agree with, and I'll be almost baited to get in the comment thread. and But then I'll sit and think, like, no, I'm not going to engage into it because I know if I do, we'll be going at it. And for one, I don't want to give the timeline. You know, that kind of show you to see two friends, you know, go back and forth, but then it can get the words uh, saying things you really don't mean, you know, and now you're looking, you look crazy online, so... It's been times where I've probably maybe wrote up a whole paragraph and then I just backspace it. Just to look at the bigger picture of it. Just like, is it really worth it? You know, you getting your blood pressure up. You may have been in a good mood before you seen the post. And now that you're engaging into the post, now you're in a full-fledged back-and-forth argument. Or, you know, just get shy away from it. So I think that's what I did. I found myself doing a lot of time where I just opted out. Even when I was about to get into it, I just went away from it. I think that's probably the best thing to do is to step away from it and or keep swiping. Yeah. It definitely uh, brought a lot of negativity into my life to the point where I was just like, I deleted Facebook, the app on my phone for a while and took a hiatus from it. And man, you know what? It feels really great. Now I only go on Facebook really just to post about my kids and about the podcast. And that's all I really just focus on. Yeah. I've been in Facebook jail for 30 days, multiple times. I got uh, 24 hours one time for something I posted that had... I hate when they come back and get you, like, months later for something you posted. That's what happened to me before. A post that I made... They've taken down some of my posts that I've posted previously, like, years ago. I got in suspension and restrictions for like a year one time <laughs> for something that was posted maybe either four months prior or seven months prior you know the community guidelines is for safety protection and you know keep the cyberbullying ceased but I think it's just gotten too too sensitive now like 
you real deal have to watch what you see. And you know what's crazy? I don't mean to cut you off. I, I seen a memory. A memory popped up I just looked at not too long ago. And I was talking quite reckless. And I'm like, well, damn, I didn't get in Facebook jail for this. I, all I did was quote a movie just recently, and I got in 30. I just got 30 days. Oh, you didn't copyright it. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably what it was. So, yeah, I'm going to have to. I blame Samuel Jackson. <laughs> Jackson. Why? Because he's in every movie. I was quoting one of his movie lines. Oh, okay. <laughs> Was it, was it was it the title of his uh, wallet? Mother effort. You got to be out of your mind. What was what what it was it? What were we quoting? Do I look I, like I? <laughs> <laughs> I was quoting Django. It was the scene from Django. Django I was oh, quoting. It was actually a, a great movie. I, yeah, I, and shout out to Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, shout. Yeah, I. It was a, I, I'm a I fan. got it because I'm I love movies and I love comedies and I just love good movies. And it was a comment through. It was it was a post I seen. It said, "Name the first line you could think of from the movie Django." I fell into the bait. <laughs> I I posted one of the lines, and next thing you know, I'm getting that nice notification. Hey, <laughs> we'll see you in thirty days. No, th- this whole topic here that we're talking about about media and the uh, the tribes, yeah, reminded me of this something that I'd heard a long time, but I didn't really know who said it. I just looked it up, and I'm, like, really surprised, and I'm kind of glad I looked it up. It's an awesome poem, by, and he put it to music, a guy named Gil Scott Heron. Mm. Name of the poem? The Revolution Will Not Be Televised. What a it's powerful, deep. what a powerful, I'm going to read one of the excerpts from it here real quick. It says that the revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by Xerox in four parts without commercial interruptions. The revolution will not show you pictures of Nixon blowing a bugle and leading a charge by John Mitchell, General Abrams, and Spiro Agnew to eat hog maws confiscated from a Harlem sanctuary. The revolution will not be televised. This is a deep That's poem. That's deep. Dude, this poem is big. It's, uh, I didn't realize it was uh, such a long poem and put to music. I'd heard it, and I thought it was someone had said it. It was uh, like a Rage Against the Machine song. Yeah, but it, yeah, you know when this came out, nineteen seventy. Oh wow, wow. Yeah, this this is it's a a good poem. Love it. But that's what we're seeing. We're only seeing Part. one picture. Yeah. yeah, they're only showing us what they want us to see. They won't show. When was the last time you saw and heard about why the truckers are protesting in Canada? Does anybody know? No. Oh. You don't know why they're protesting in Canada? About the uh, thing that happened in Colorado? No, in Canada. Why are they protesting? Have you not heard anything about it? Nope. Not even a... Not oh, I, even heard, a I heard that they were, but I, I don't remember 50,000 trucks throughout Canada. They they mandated that all truckers get the vaccine. Uh, oh, yeah, and they said they, and they weren't with it, right? No, they're not they with had it. To park, is that where they had to park their truck? Like, they left their trucks wherever they were? No, they drove their trucks to Ottawa. They are blocking traffic in Ottawa. They're not blocking all traffic. They are letting emergency vehicles, but they want to an audience with the, the prime minister. They want to end the vaccine mandate. If you want the vaccine, get the vaccine. They even blocked, I think, two ports of entry into the United States, one in Michigan and one in Minnesota or Minneapolis or something. Mm. I can't recall which, but they, they're, they're, they blocked it. And guess what? Last night, 
as of last night on February 9th at midnight, they lifted all vaccine mandates in the Alberta province. The leader of that province said, all right, no more vaccine mandate. That's it. But Trudeau still has it in place in Canada in general, but that province said we're not requiring it. Well, they and don't that's, have, and that's uh, their whole point. Speech there either. In Ottawa, they were trying to get the tow truck drivers to tow the big trucks, the big rigs, out of the city and get them out of there. They said, no, nah, we ain't going to do that. Exactly, because yeah, that, that would have turned violent. <laughs> oh, no, they stand with the truckers. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So that's what I mean by it, it won't be televised. You guys didn't yeah, know that this was going on. Exactly, and that's big. Well, part of it is I don't really watch the news, so. But I guess if I see it show up on my phone. But, yeah, that's the thing. I haven't even seen it pop up on my timeline. Not even, like when you first go on Google, none of that. Really? I, I did get a thing handed to me today where uh, Black Lives Matter, The I guess I was wrong, there is a – Nonprofit organization in the United States, and they've collected over sixty million dollars. But in order for you to have that status, you have to show who your leaders are, where you reside from, and how much money you have. And they haven't named anybody that's in their leadership at all, and they just kind of ran with the money. The Black Lives Matter. That's crazy. Leadership. Or, right. Yeah. So I, all these I'd people donated all this money to them. Sixty million dollars. <laughs> They were buying houses and all kinds of stuff in California. Oh, yeah, totally. And, and did you hear about the GoFundMe thing with these uh, with the trucker convoy up in, uh, in Canada? If you ha- didn't hear about the other, you may not have heard about this. GoFundMe froze all. They had over $10 million in donations on a GoFundMe that was being uh, used to buy gas and food and support the truckers that are protesting up there. GoFundMe froze it all. They were going to donate and send the money out to different organizations without the person who donated's permission. So what they essentially did was, I think they put in place that they can refund everybody their donation. And then they set up another funding site, crowdfunding site. There's a, another one that's a religious-based, and it's called, what is it, Give, Send, Go. And within 24 hours, they had over $5 million already donated to the truckers again for this. Wow. And it, it, it's really crazy at how people don't really know this. I think maybe some people that watch maybe Tucker Carlson, I hate to just throw a plug out there for, for someone like that, but he's the only one giving these plugs to these things, the Gibson Go, the alternative media sites, and kind of shining a spotlight on some of what's going on in other parts. And a lot of people will say, well, he's on Fox. I'm not going to listen to anything he says. They'll go and watch CNN and whoever's on there, MSNBC. Brian Stelt- Stetler and whoever else, MSNBC, and hear them say, oh, what they're doing is bad. They're, they're causing all this violence. When you go on to alternative sites and you see reports from business owners in the area saying, no, they're not destroying our property. In fact, they actually cleaned up and helped me mop the place when we closed down. Like, oh, wow. Canadian, eh? You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's important to, to get that perspective from somewhere else. So, like, like Jeff says, and like we all agree, that we don't know everything. And it's important to know where to find answers or resources to the questions that you have. If everything is pointing in one direction, maybe you should look at the other direction. 
Yeah. Sometimes, you know, fish swimming downstream, they don't see that cliff there. That's why the other one is and swimming watch, upstream. Watch what you're labeling yourself as and don't limit yourself just to one title. I mean, you can say I'm a husband, a father, yeah, but if you just say that I'm only my only affiliation is political, then, you know, maybe you should reevaluate some things. What I believe is that if I limit myself to one party or to one ideology, I'm really limiting myself to excel and succeed in my family life. The more close, good, strong connections I have with my community, the stronger I will be and the stronger my community will be. And limiting it to just my tribe, it limits how strong we can get. When we reach across the aisle or go out into a new place and say, hey, how you doing? And meet somebody new, we're opening our minds and we're opening our earning potential. I don't want to shut anyone out who is a potential client or someone who can help me uh, further myself. But And if I can help them, by all means, let's let's do it. Let's work together. I know this whole experience has changed my perspective on how I th- see things. I've seen this whole topic, how I think I'll perceive the rest of my life. And as we go through different topics, I, I enjoy learning. I enjoy knowing that, hey, I didn't know that. Man, I, I learned some stuff today. Well, I know I and, and you know, many others may have not seen um, what the truckers have going on in Canada is because that's a powerful statement and a powerful movement. And if it got out to, if it really was being broadcasted to the masses or, you know, outside of Canada, it can be an influence. Imagine if we reciprocated that, if we took a stand like that when it came down to something that we all as a whole didn't agree with, that's, you know, how would the government, well, then it's like, what? what's their next move? It shouldn't be what's the government's next move, though. It, it is a limited power government for yeah. a reason. And some of the sites that I troll around on just looking to see what's going on, this movement is not just in Canada. In the Netherlands, mm-hmm. in Australia, oh, wow. in New Zealand... I think in Italy, and there's talk of one here in America where the truckers are going to try to make their way to, to D.C. to redress their grievances. That is written in the Constitution. We have the ability to redress our grievances with the government, whether it's on the town square, through mail, email, phone calls, whatever it is, we can get our voices out there and and. To label anyone who doesn't go along with the government as a terrorist or a terrorist threat. Yeah, it's crazy. That is the easiest way to silence dissent. Yeah. And silencing dissent is a slippery slope, and it's a dangerous one to go down. Yeah, and it, and it strikes fear. Cause it does. They, they get people afraid to yeah. talk out against their government. You've been listening to the Collective Perspective Podcast, a mature show with the intention of making a difference in society. Just remember, uh, we don't really, we don't condone making fun of people or name calling, calling. name calling or threatening people with their lives or livelihoods for that matter. And bullying. Bullying. We're into mature. I mean, even though we kind of clown around and we are like kids sometimes. We want to hear your thoughtful response and input into what, what these topics have raised. 
Right, and tribalism is just the first topic. Next, we're going into homelessness. We'd like to do one more episode of tribalism and maybe get a younger person's perspective involved. I think uh, tribalism will be touched on throughout these uh, podcasts yeah. because it is it, it is uh, very influential right. on a lot of these topics. Right. Yeah. And if anything, if you want to feel like you're part of a tribe, you can be part of the Collective Perspective tribe. We don't discriminate. We take money from everybody. Just buy me a coffee. Just buy him a coffee. <laughs> Collectively. Collectively. <laughs> God, I love that. No, I think I think that we kind of hit our stride right at the end there. Yeah. yeah. I think we're ready for our own coffee line. Collective coffee. <laughs> Collective pod. You've been listening to the Collective Perspective Podcast, a mature show with the intention of making a difference in society. So take a ride with us. Join us at the Collective Perspective Podcast, where your personal truths get a little power wash. Like what you heard? Subscribe to the Collective Perspective Podcast whenever you listen to your podcasts. You can also show support for our mission by going to buymeacoffee.com backslash collective pod and donating whatever you feel inspired to. We appreciate any help keeping the lights on to bring you thoughtful and researched content as part of this show. Visit the Collective Perspective Podcast show page on mtsjax.fm, Jacksonville's new music and multimedia network sponsored by Mixed Theory Studios. You can find the transcripts of this episode along with the show notes, material references, links you heard about, and more. Hey, I want to give a special shout out and a thanks to The Real J Dash, a Jacksonville hero, producer, and artist for sharing his original music with this show and to the Mixed Theory Studios for recording and production services. We couldn't have done it without either of them. Thank you so much.